what happens as we age or if we are injured or if we are recovering from a marathon is that the healthy mitochondria get damaged over time. And so they start accumulating free radicals and they're not healthy. And so they can produce energy. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to episode 127 of the Biohacker Babes podcast. My name is Renee and I'm tuning in from Las Vegas today and I have my sister Lauren here. (laughs) Hi Renee, hi everyone. We are kicking off 2022. Oh my gosh. Gosh, so many awesome guests. And today we're going to be bringing on Dr. Singh for you all. And we're going to be diving into the role of urolithin A in longevity and mitochondrial function. So if you follow me on Instagram, you've maybe seen me posting pictures of this product called MitoPure. It comes in a powder form, also a protein powder form, and actually it is in capsule form now too, but I have not had a chance to try those yet. But if you've seen this product on my page and you're like, what in the world is that? And why does it help with mitochondrial function? Well, you came to the right place because we are going to do a deep dive with Dr. Singh today. He is just chock full of information as a amazing researcher, really leading the way in the science on this compound called urolithin A and why they have created this product called MitoPure. Yeah. I think the most exciting thing about this conversation and what he's doing is, is really just the research and what they're seeing in data more long-term. I think you know, we're always looking for a quick fix. And what he really kept saying over and over is consistency is the magic here. And I love what they're doing, testing athletes and just, um, all the data they're gathering through different populations. Um, I have not full disclosure. I have not experimented with MitoPure, but I am super into this mitophagy thing. It's really exciting because I think we're doing a lot of damage to our mitochondria. And I was just speaking to a client this morning. It's like, how do you really recover from a workout? It's like probably doing less (laughs) because there's not a lot that we can do to recover from that damage. But with urolithin A and stuff that is uh, helping our mitophagy, maybe we are able to make a shift in our mitochondrial function and get rid of that damage that we could potentially be doing. So I love how subcellular it is. It's really on a a much deeper level that we're able to see these changes. Yeah. Exciting. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, anything that's supporting our mitochondria is going to support every aspect of health. So, you know, we're definitely going to see an increase in health span, which we talk about, but yeah, improvements in energy, brain function, cardiovascular function, athletic performance. I mean, it's really endless when you focus on the cell and even deeper focusing on the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super exciting stuff. All right. So let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Singh. He is currently chief medical officer at Amazentis, a life sciences company based in Switzerland that discovers and develops next-generation natural compounds targeting improvements in mitochondrial health. In particular, Dr. Singh has designed and led the clinical development program over the last seven years for the natural mitophagy activator, urolithin A, 
also known as MitoPure, that has led to the commercial launch of several branded consumer health products targeting improvements in cellular health. Dr. Singh received his medical training in internal medicine from the Armed Forces Medical College in India and a PhD in immunology from the University of Connecticut Health Center. He also holds an executive MBA from École Polytechnique Fédérale de Lausanne in Switzerland. He has authored over 30 articles in top peer-reviewed journals, holds over 10 patents, and has designed and led over 40 clinical trials over the last 15 years. He is doing absolutely incredible work, and we can't wait to share this information with you all. Renee, your English-French or your French-English was so good. (laughs) I had a good teacher. Thank you. (laughs) You pronounced that wonderfully. So I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you. Let's bring on Dr. Singh. Welcome, Dr. Singh, to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you both. Pleasure is mine. We are really excited to jump into all of the amazing work you are doing, your research. You're really on the, I would say, the cutting edge of this research, and we can't wait to share it with our listeners. I'm hoping that this is maybe brand new information for people today. And to be honest, I've talked to some of the other biohackers in uh, in our space, and a lot of them don't know about what we're going to talk about today. So quick sneak peek, we're going to be talking about a compound called urolithin A, which is showing to increase longevity and help with mitochondrial function. So I think everyone's pretty aware of uh, the importance of mitochondrial function. We talk about that a lot on the show, but we're going to talk about some new terms like mitophagy and things that uh, we're going to get into. It's going to be pretty fun. So before we get into that, I'm personally just really curious, how did you first discover urolithin A and become so passionate about it? Sure. So uh, the company was started, gosh, 10 plus years back. And the goal was really to bringing the biotech approach to nutrition. So really do a deep dive in, in plants, you know, fruits and nuts that have all these, you know, conglomerate of uh, very beneficial bioactive compounds, but nobody had really found out what, what are the particular bioactives that are conferring health benefits. So uh, we started, uh, there were a lot of studies when we looked into the literature and we started on pomegranate juice and pomegranate juice being, you know, having a lot of health benefits. So we started with this idea of deconstructing the pomegranate, and and, and we chose the pomegranate because uh, it's also a very rich source of uh, what we call as polyphenols. So these are large phenolic compounds that are also have certain have antioxidant properties. And so we started looking at we started getting pomegranates from all around the world, you know, from all the tropical areas where pomegranates grow, and and we started juicing them and started studying the effects of pomegranate juice, and, and what really struck us uh, was that it was not the juice, it was not the compounds in the pomegranate that were leading to the health benefits, but it was the gut microbial transformation that led to the generation of this metabolite, uh, this natural metabolite called urolithin A. So we were doing experiments uh, in in sort of what is called as longevity assays, where we would put uh, the precursors uh, to see if uh, you know we could extend lifespan. Uh, these are typically done in uh, in worms uh, because worms have a small lifespan, and so these polyphenols would not extend lifespan, but urolithin A would, and so that kind of uh, led to the discovery of urolithin A and starting to study how it works. Very cool. I've it's so hard to not think about when pomegranate juice. Mm-hmm. came into like, I guess, a trend like Palm, the company Palm was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like 
way too much juice for a small bottle. Everyone was drinking it, but that was way before we were looking at blood sugar responses. Mm -hmm. They were really giving the microbiome as much acknowledgement as it needs. Mm -hmm. Do you think we were trying to head in the right direction? We just weren't focusing on the right thing, which I guess was microbiome. Yeah, so well, there are the two the two things you need to get right is first you need to be eating right, right? So you need to be eating a good diet based on on fruits and nuts. So pomegranate is not the only source of these uh, elegitanins, which are the polyphenols that lead to the generation of your litane. There are uh, uh, raspberries are very rich in uh, elegitanins. So uh, the nuts, uh, pecans, and walnuts are very rich, and so. We were all headed, we kind of, everybody knew that these are sort of the fruits and nuts that are beneficial for health. But then, and then of course the gut microbiome was this unsolved puzzle and, and, and it's an active area of research. And so if you, com if you combine a good diet with a good microbiome, then you can lead to the production of, of a urolitin A, which again is very variable. So we have done studies where we have looked at you know, populations in France and Canada and US and and we see a lot of differences and, and in the range of about 30 to 40%, we see people who can naturally convert, uh, you, you know, based on the gut microbiome. I don't have, because we have actually now even developed a test that can tell you whether you're a producer or not, but I can drink six glasses of juice. My body won't make, uh, make the metabolite. So I actually need the, the supplementation. Interesting. I mean, that's nice that you are the challenge. That's how we come out with better and better products and technology. It's like, you are the challenge. I love that. So can you yeah. explain that compound, the elaginins, or I'm probably not saying that right, elagic acid? Yeah. So, yeah. So these are polyphenols. So a lot of, uh, as I mentioned, pomegranates, uh, pecans, walnuts, raspberries, uh, even strawberries will have very complex phenolic compounds. These are called as polyphenols. So polyphenols have been associated with a lot of health benefits over the years. And the main class is elegitanins. So when you take elegitanins, your stomach will break it down into elagic acid, which for a long time people thought was the main compound responsible for the health benefit of pomegranate. But then the elagic acid needs to be broken down further by the gut microbiome uh, into a much simpler compound called uh, urolitin A, which is, you can think of it as a sort of a byproduct of bacteria, you know, gut microbiome process and fermentation based on what you're eating. Hmm. So two questions about the gut microbiome. So mm -hmm. one, I'm curious about the test. How do we mm -hmm. do that? What we're looking for? But also with that, if such a small percentage of the population can actually make that conversion because of the gut, mm -hmm. is this like a genetic issue? Or do you think through evolution, more gut dysbiosis is occurring? Mm -hmm. like, what do you think there? Yeah, I don't think it's a genetic thing. I think it's more, uh, you know, evolutionary. We were all, uh, you know, eating fruits and nuts and we were hunters out in the wild eating a lot of nuts and berries, right? So the gut microbiome uh, was very rich and diverse and able to probably produce urolitin A uh, from, from, let's say, eating out from the forest. But over time with Western diet and processed diet and things like this, I think the gut dysbiosis has happened. And we are all not eating. We're not all drinking a glass of pomegranate juice or we're not eating a bowl of berries and nuts every day, right? So diet patterns have changed. The gut, in my case, I think all the sort of migration, I mean, I'm, I'm Indian by origin. So moving from India to the US where I, I, I did my medical training and, and research training and then to Switzerland, my diets have evolved. So I think it's really a matter of changing the gut microbiome that has led to the dysbiosis. Hmm. So do you think that focusing on gut diversity and increasing our microbial species that we should be all able to convert into this 
Hypothetically, okay. yes, that's a good question. Uh, so we actually just published a study where we took 100 folks and, and we all gave, we gave them a glass of juice. And, and we saw that about after a day, about 40%, uh, and this was in the US, people could convert and the remaining 60% could not. And so then we started looking at their gut microbiome and people who could convert have a much richer and much more diverse uh, gut microbiome. Now, hypothetically, you can say that, well, we can find that magic probiotic or that magic gut microbial strain that we could then put in your juice or in your diet to induce it. But the answer is it's not one species. The gut microbiome is so complex, right? So it's, it's an yeah. ecosystem of many species that need to be in perfect sync with each other. And, and so I think really, the, the, and even if you were to do that, the diversity of the response of somebody could be a low producer of urolithin A and you could have very low levels that would probably not give you the health impact. And, and so this variability would not be enough. And so with direct supplementation, we show in the same study that if we gave the powder or the pill containing urolithin A, uh, we could uh, get very significant higher levels, about six, six full higher levels than diet alone. Wow. Hmm. And it sounds like microbial diversity is the key for so many health Indeed. issues. So yeah, it makes sense that rather than trying to throw like five probiotic strains in the gut, when we know there's trillions of bacteria mm -hmm. in there, yeah, just kind of improving overall the microbiome makes a lot of sense. And circling back, so what is the test? Is this something that we all can yeah, so it's, some, it's something we are developing. It's in beta testing mode. We are actually running a clinical study on it. And I can show you here. I have a prototype kit uh, next to my... So it's a kit that looks like this. It's a MitoPure challenge. Uh, oh. uh, you, you know, it, it, you, and if you want to participate in the study, you can actually sign in to do so. Uh, and we can send you the link. So it comes with a blood spot card and, and a few lancets. So you just basically pick the, you know, you have to prick yourself with a small needle like this and, and uh, put your few drops of blood on a blood spot card and you send the, and you can drink the juice. So you can do a before test uh, and an after test. So you can, it comes with a sachet of timeline or, or the MitoPure product, uh, the urolithin A. And you can do before and after, and we will be able to give you, tell you first if you're a producer or not. And second, we can tell you the, the difference taking the supplement versus diet, it, the full change. That's Whoa. so cool. Sign me I up. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all for the study. We're always pricking our fingers. We can certainly do more of that. Yeah, sure. That, Happy to. That's really awesome. I think that's what's missing in a lot of this at-home testing or testing, mm -hmm. you know, what's currently going on or maybe metabolites, but we're not testing, is the product actually making a change? What's in there? And what do you, you know, so many different mm -hmm. facets of this. What are we excreting? That's nice that you're showing both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the holy grail of nutrition field. You know, we're all taking vitamin C, we're all taking probiotics and all kinds of vitamins how much are we absorbing them? Are they even seeding the gut? Nobody knows. You're kind of just taking them. So yeah. here, if you actually knew what your levels starting out are and then what supplementation can get you in terms of the, the fold increase, then there's two things. You can tighter your dose. You can actually then even you know take more if you know that your body will never produce this. So these are the kind of sort of what I call uh, precision nutrition. It's really uh, should, should be how people think about dosing and using nutrition-based science uh, in their daily life. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so, like a biohacker's dream right there. Absolutely. To, to test, <laughs> supplement, and retest. Yeah, biohacker's dream for sure. <laughs> yeah, the more data, the better. So would you encourage that everyone test before they take it? Is there any downside to taking it if you don't know your levels or how well you can convert? Is this good for everybody? Is there an upper limit? Yeah. So yeah, you can take the test, you know, if, if you want to know if uh, you're not, a, if you're eating well, if you're eating, uh, if your gut microbiome already, you're taking a lot of prebiotics and probiotics, probably, you know, the thing is that your gut microbiome is healthy. So you may already be producing some levels of it, and then you can take the daily dose, uh, which is about 500 milligrams of uh, Mitopure or other name is urolithin A. Now, if you are not a producer like me, I, I usually take double the dose. I, I try to take two times a day because I know my body needs to kind of uh, need, I'm not getting the same amounts or, for, or even any amount from the diet. So there's no higher limit. We've done studies comparing uh, the levels in producers versus non-producers and, and the levels are, are almost similar. So it, it's what direct supplementation is doing is basically short-circuiting the whole biological process of, you know, which is very inefficient because it needs diet and the microbiome influence to, to generate it. So, yeah. Okay. So we definitely need to be supplementing because this seems like a, such a rare thing that we can make the conversion. So the mm -hmm. big question is, why do we want this uh, mm -hmm. compound or ingredient? Like what health benefits are we seeing? Yeah. And, you know, what would pique people's interest? Yeah, sure. So the way this uh, compound works is basically it activates a very uh, conservative, uh, conserve, well-conserved anti-aging process called mitophagy. Now, for your listeners, mitophagy is basically like the the cell cycle garbage disposal machinery, okay? What happens as we age or if we are injured or if we are recovering from a, from a marathon is that the healthy mitochondria get da damaged over time. And so they start become accumulating free radicals and they're not healthy. And so they can produce energy in, in good amounts. And with aging, this process slows down. Uh, so mitophagy is basically you're accumulating a lot of faulty mitochondria. Now, what this compound does is it, it activates, it revs up the machinery of the cell disposal. Uh, cell, cellular waste starts becoming, you know, uh, efficiently renewed, and, and, and that leads to more healthier mitochondria coming in. So that's what it does, basically. It revs up your sort of faulty mitochondria and makes them look cleaner and healthier. And so what's and, the difference between... Oh, go ahead. No, so, and that translates into... Basically, what we have shown from worms to experimental animals into multiple human studies, it, it translates into improved mitochondrial health, improved mitochondrial function, and as a result, it results in improved muscle endurance and muscle strength uh, with, during the aging process. Oh, I like that. What's up, biohackers? Happy New Year. We wanted to interrupt today's show to tell you about a next-level wellness drink that we've been sipping on this past year. It's available in a quick and easy shot or in a powdered stick that easily mixes in water. The powder is my personal favorite, and that's what I'm sipping on at the moment. But either way, it's simple and easy when you're on the go. And let's face it, we're on the go a lot, and our bodies need extra support against all of the daily stressors like work, exercise, partying, you name it. And this is where Coast comes in because it helps flush out toxins, replenish lost nutrients, and repair our cells. Yeah, it is so awesome that it combines so many cutting edge ingredients into one drink, like an NAD plus precursor, antioxidants, vitamins, and amino acids. We love drinking it a few times a week, either post-workout or to prepare or recover from drinking alcohol. 
In a nutshell, it helps flush out the bad stuff and put more of the good stuff back in. Plus, there's no sugar, no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. Yeah, and it's actually the first advanced wellness shot created by a cancer researcher using real science designed to keep you healthy and feeling great. So we love it so much. And if you're curious and you want to check it out, go over to coastdrink.com and we'll put that link in the show notes for today's episode and you can learn more about it and make sure you use code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 15%. So what's the difference between mitophagy and autophagy? Yeah. So autophagy is basically targeting the whole cellular machinery. Autophagy is uh, sort of saying that the cell can destroy itself to renew itself. Uh, That's the whole. Mitophagy is a very specific autophagy, but targeted to mitochondria. That's essentially the, and a lot of ways autophagy is triggered by intermittent fasting, for example. Autophagy uh, is triggered by uh, exercise training. If you're doing aerobic training for a long time, autophagy will be triggered uh, mitophagy is very specific to mitochondria and, and certain exercise regimens are also known to hit uh, mito- mito- do the mitophagy trigger. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming if we're supporting mitochondria, then we're going to see increase in lifespan health and health span. Are you seeing anything in the research with that? Yeah, definitely health span. Uh, and that's really the aspiration of uh, where we are in Amazentis. Uh, our goal is to extend health span and improve, uh, you know, folks, regular Joes. What we are seeing in our clinical study is, is that people have more muscle strength. Uh, so these are sedentary people who are not, you know, very, uh, let's say highly endurant or exercise, but they're healthy. And so being on the supplement for about four months, we see about improvements of about 10 to 12% of muscle strength, which is, which is great because that means, in in the muscle space, as a clinician, we always know that for every decade, you lose about 10% muscle strength. So imagine you're about 80 years old and you have functional mobility to go about your daily activities of living. That's what we want this you know product that people need to proactively take this and really feel the effects down the road. The second thing is really tied to endurance. So you have more energy, you know, people are feeling less fatigue and we've done uh, tests where uh, the muscle has more energy to sustain longer. So these are kind of, uh, yeah, it's more focused on health span. Lifespan, we, I mean, those studies will take forever, so we can't even dream about <laughs> doing those uh, long-term uh, studies. But in, but in worms, yes, we have seen about a 40 to 50% increase in, uh, in lifespan as well. Wow. Wow. That's significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how are you testing uh, muscle strength and endurance? What kind of tests are you doing? Yeah, so we, we do two kinds of tests. We test the, the hand grip strength. So this is basically the muscle uh, hand grip strength is uh, very closely related with uh, human longevity. So uh, people who have, you know, they say a firm handshake goes a long way. That's, there's some value to that. People who have good grip strength, they tend to live longer. So we do test the hand grip strength. Uh, and the other thing we test is the leg, the leg strength of the lower body. So typically we are looking at the quadriceps uh, with tools uh, that look at both isometric and isokinetic muscle strength. And we see about, uh, that's where we see the really big effects on, is on the leg strength. We also look at mo- mobility. So we do make people do a walk test, which is basically in six minutes, the distance you can walk in a metered uh, sort of lined up hallway. And people do tend to walk further uh, in our clinical studies. With, with uh, So uh, that's another 
key indicator of longevity, which is called as gait speed. So how long and how fast can you walk is uh, something we see in our studies as well. So is that the same as the endurance testing or is that more observational? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, let's say it's not like putting people on a treadmill. We've done that as well. We've put people on a treadmill and look at something called as VO2 max. And we see also peak VO2 go up, but this would be something just, which is your regular gait, right? Uh, if you walk for 10 minutes, what is the average distance you will walk? And, and so if you improve upon it, uh, that's sort of something a clinician uh, will associate as, as uh, a good sign of uh, endurance, but also muscle and physical performance. Hmm. So as far as dosing this in, are we looking at more systemic benefits or for athletes or just the, you know, average exerciser, are we looking at dosing pre-exercise, pre-activity, or Mm -hmm. is it just systemically from what you took in the morning? Yeah. So most of our studies are done uh, with folks taking it in the morning. And that's uh, when uh, we studied the effects are really uh, about a month in, we are starting to see mitochondrial health being improved. Two months is when we start seeing the effects on endurance. And about four months, we start seeing effects on uh, muscle strength, uh, body muscle strength. Now about recovery and, and, uh, and athletes, this is something we are actually doing a clinical study right now with one of the top uh, researchers uh, who's uh, running a study in elite runners. And so the goal there is to see if the post-recovery is better because a lot of times athletes do overtrain and overtraining is known to impact mitochondrial function as well. So we don't have the results yet. Uh, hopefully soon we will have that. Mm. And then would that also be observational or just like self-reported recovery? How are you checking that? <laughs> No. So these are studies where we, we always do placebo control trials. Uh, so we always have a placebo arm. And, and the way these studies are designed is in a training camp setting. So you have a group of elite runners who will be taking placebo. They come in, we, we do a sort of a three kilometer run. We make them run three kilometers and we time them. Then they go do what is called as a downhill and uphill training. So they go up in a mountain and then they train at high altitude. Every day they're you know, running 10, 20 kilometers. And then because they're training so hard every day, then you call them back and you look at how better their performance is becoming. And so sometimes, uh, you know, so you have two groups, one taking placebo, one taking MitoPure and the timeline product. And then you see if timeline is uh, making these elite athletes get better with recovery. We can give them self-performance scores. But what we do is basically we take a little blood and we look at markers associated with uh, muscle recovery. That's what we do as well. I want to know what those are. That was my next question. Like what biomarkers are we looking at? So we look at blood lactate. Uh, We look at also another marker called creatinine kinase, which is uh, basically a biomarker for muscle damage. So when you train very intensely, you damage your muscles and, and creatinine kinase goes up. And so the aspiration is that uh, p- folks who are on MitoPure or Urolitin A uh, supplementation or top athletes, they will have less muscle damage and will be able to lower these creatinine kinase levels. Wow. That's really exciting. Really awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm already thinking of like some friends that overexercise that need this. I, mom and dad, my, our grandmothers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many, well, everyone needs it. Is there any difference between taking the powder versus the capsule? 
And uh, we have done studies on both. Most of the studies were initially done with, with the pill, the, the supplement. And, and then we recently, as I mentioned, we did a study with the powder and the bioavailability is, is exactly the same, uh, which is a good Great. thing, which means you can, you know, take it with whatever fits in your daily lifestyle. You can take it in a muesli or yogurt for the powder, or if you, you know, you're into pills, you take the pill. <laughs> Something yeah. for everyone. Yeah, that's so helpful. I mean, so many people have, you know, different preferences. Yeah. I prefer a capsule. Some people are like, please don't give me another bottle of anything. Yeah, I'm a capsule <laughs> girl. Yeah. 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 We also have a protein shake uh, with the MitoPure that, you know, that people can take. So a lot of athletes and cyclists are taking this because uh, they, they like, you know, muscle is just not about muscle mass, which is what protein is always trying to help is, is boost the muscle mass. But we com- try to combine uh, boosting muscle mass with muscle energetics, which is basically what MitoPure is doing, is giving more energy to the muscle. Uh, so, yeah, this I is I love the protein powder. Yeah, I love it. Tr- tastes delicious. Okay, great. <laughs> Always a plus. There's some na- yeah. nasty protein powders out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've been naturally taking it uh, post-workout. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I guess I should play around with timing, too, to see, but... Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, taste is the first element. You need to like it to to take it long enough. Good to hear. Yeah. So what should we expect the average person to feel? Is there a feeling or is this because it's subcellular? Is it also subperceptual? Like other than testing these biomarkers three, four months down the road, should you expect to feel something immediately? Yeah, immediately, probably not. Uh, but within about a month or two months, I think people should be able to to feel uh, some sort of improvement in their energy levels and their endurance levels. So if you're, you know, uh, we are hearing from a lot of uh, amateur sports people who are early consumers that were saying that the track, uh, their their recovery is better. Typically, uh, they've been, you know, somebody was telling me that he has been doing the gravel race in somewhere in Colorado or Utah. And uh, the, typically his recovery has been better than any of his last 10 years uh, that he's been doing the same uh, route. So, you know, typically those are the signs how uh, fatigued you are at the end of the day, if you have more energy to do more stuff. You know, these are all the signs of mitochondrial health, which I know is not easy to pick by biomarkers. But I think, yeah, if you have more energy at the end of the day, if you feel if you're into lifting weights, if you're able to recover faster from exercise, these are kind of indicators in your daily life that, uh, yeah, you're good with MitoPure. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's just like the really small, subtle changes where you're like, I don't know, I just felt better. Or I did that a little bit more or Mm -hmm. it'd be so small and it adds up if if you can't pay attention to it. Sometimes it shifts really dramatically later on. I'm curious, have you looked at heart rate variability at all? Yeah, that is something I'm hearing a lot from uh, in our studies. Uh, we haven't looked at it, but I'm hearing it more and more from our consumers. We're saying that they're seeing impacts in heart rate variability. And of course, everybody's wearing a smart watch these days, right? So everybody's able to track uh, <laughs> yeah. track these things. And um, yeah, so this is something probably the more we hear from consumers uh, gives us more ideas for future clinical studies. And so this will be one of the things we will look for in the future which could be a great digital biomarker uh, to look at. Yeah, it's just so easy for us to be testing at home every day. I will be a better guinea pig. I'm, I'm going to get the capsules because I think I'll be more consistent with the capsules than I have been with mm-hmm. the powder. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm more of a capsule person, but I yep. do. I measure my HRV all day, every day. So I'll definitely mm-hmm. 
I'll definitely track that and see. Which uh, uh, smart watch gadget do you use to track that? Is it the Apple Watch or the... Um, we both have the BioStrap and the Aura Ring. Okay, okay, okay. And do you know between the two that you get the same results? Or this is one of my concerns always, you know, because between different gadgets, are they all measuring uh, <laughs> the, the, the same? Uh, they all have of, their uh, own opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say overall, my heart rate variability is pretty close on the two. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, they both give you a sleep score and a readiness score for the day. Those mm-hmm. scores definitely are different because mm-hmm. their their algorithm is different. Like the bio strap, if I worked out really hard the day before, it doesn't matter if I slept really well, it's going to mm-hmm. crush my score versus the aura mm-hmm. ring is like, well, you slept well, here's a good recovery score. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. I just have to take all that into consideration. But I would say HRV itself, I see pretty close. Okay, good. Okay, good to yeah. know. So, well, after yeah. the MitoPure Challenge Kit study, then that's the next study we'll be running. And uh, awesome. We'll let you know. Yeah. yeah. On yeah. the big topic of longevity, I'm just curious do you have any other like top tips that you give people other than taking MitoPure for longevity? Look, you know, the way I tell people is that there are three pillars of your health span or lifespan, the way, whatever you want to look. One is, of course, exercise, the second is diet. And the third is really the sort of cellular health level, which people don't, because they don't see it, they ignore, right? So people think, okay, maybe you can go out and not eat well one day and that that won't change things. Or you exercise on the weekends and you think, well, five days in the weekdays, I, I won't. But cellular health is such a key third pillar of health and longevity that you need to provide uh, essential nutrients. And that's how I see MitoPure. I see it as a essential nutrient that not all of us can make, right? So those lucky people who have the right microbiome and are eating right, they, they're probably getting the benefits. But uh, yeah, someone uh, who doesn't have the right levels or someone who cannot make urolithin A or uh, nutrient, nutrients like urolithin A needs to be thinking about their mitochondrial and cellular health and providing mm-hmm. that third sort of key pillar foundation for your health. Yeah. Well, Dr. Dan Pompa, he says, I think it's, you can't, you can't get well until you fix the cell. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. that. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) you know, it's at the cellular level. So I I think the future of longevity is really how we crack these sort of key metrics to measure cellular health. So this is an active area of research. We're starting small, we're starting by measuring urolithin A and, and next eventually we'll try to see if we can find the combination of biomarkers that can predict how your cellular health is evolving and you know people are trying that there's this concept of biological age and trying to predict biological age versus your chronological age so these are things that you know how longevity will be monitored over over our you know lifespan oh my gosh there's just so much we don't know it's exciting and confusing and <laughs> frustrating at times but it's really cool mm. so i'm just curious about some best practices for taking the supplementation yep. should we experiment taking it on a fasting day for a workout? Like what are all the variables and what would you say is like just for starting out is best advice? Yeah. So, well, I think the best advice would be to start uh, with the 500 milligram dose and see how your body reacts to it. Uh, Take it at first thing in the morning, because that's how we run our clinical studies and and then see if you feel uh, if you're in sports and you, you, you probably are uh, in need and you can and you can do the test if you want uh, you can sign up and know what your body levels are from diet and then you can decide whether you want to amp up or not uh, to a higher dose 
so these would be some of the key and, and give it give it time to work right uh, don't expect uh, to take it uh, for a few days and and think you're gonna start running 20ks uh, all of a sudden so that's, <laughs> that's the hardest I, part consistency is definitely the most challenging part. yeah yeah i think the discipline to take it for a couple of months uh, give it time to work it's it's uh, deep biology cellular health as you said great well thank you so much for sharing all this incredible information um i'm just curious where for someone that wants to take a deeper dive and we, we can actually sh- we can definitely share in the show notes some of the resources you sent us. But as far as looking for you and the company, TimelineNutrition.com, is there anywhere mm-hmm. else that people should be checking out? Yeah, TimelineNutrition.com. Uh, I invite folks to, to take a look at it. We have a great science blog on it where people can learn more about the science. And, and, and of course, we have great podcast series uh, with all our key advisors and key opinion leaders who work uh, behind the science. Amazentis is basically sort of a a virtual company and we work with the top scientists and the top clinicians around the world. And, and so you get to hear from them uh, behind how the discovery was made and how, you know, this moved forward into humans and to commercialization. So timelinenutrition.com is the place to, uh, to, to get more information. Great. All right. And before we let you go, we want to ask one final question. Sure. If you can Pleasure. give our audience one final piece of advice, something they can start doing right away to optimize their health. Yeah, I think uh, something to optimize uh, your health would be, uh, again, back to the three pillars I, I mentioned to you, you know, eat right, eat your uh, fruits and nuts and, and get your fiber. Uh, that's to, to help your gut microbiome. And then, yeah, um, exercise regularly. It doesn't have to be intense uh, exercise every day. It can be just about 20, 30 minutes of a jog would be fine or even a walk would do. And then, yeah, keep uh, giving your body these essential nutrients because I think that's uh, the missing foundation of, of really long-term health span, which is whether you take high protein or probiotics, you then need to really think about uh, supplementing your cells with uh, key nutrients like MitoPure. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the advice to maybe put less stress on the system, just a jog or a walk. Yeah. Actually, you know, we're seeing so much mitochondrial dysfunction, as you said, with the research on athletes. Yeah. Not that everyone's overdoing it, but it's nice to hear advice. It's like, we can just go for a nice little jog. <laughs> yeah. And then track it. Like you, you, you both were spot on. You need to track with variables, uh, whether it's the aura ring or, or the whoop or the Apple watch, I think tracking, um, yeah, the, the day, the amount of data we'll generate over the next, uh, let's say decade on yeah, crowdsource data, which will allow us to, you know, figure out how to increase human health span will be a big contributor. So yeah, this is yeah. feedback, like uh, the feedback you gave me on heart rate variability. This is how it will help researchers and clinicians like me to think about future study designs. And that's kind of, yeah, the, the, the exchange we want uh, to advance science. Yeah. Well, we love the research you're doing. So thank you for that. No pleasure. Yeah. And thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We're so grateful that we connected with you and cannot wait for our listeners to check out this episode. Sure. It was pleasure as mine, Lauren and Renee. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you to everyone that tuned in today. We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then... Happy biohacking.
This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.